Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. If you are caring for a person with autism, great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. We hope today's conversation will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, uh, Vice President of Business Development at Autism Spectrum Therapies, uh, an agency providing services to individuals with autism and other developmental disabilities all across the country. Uh, you guys know I'm a board-certified behavior analyst, too, who's been practicing for over 12 years here in California, uh, but also back on the East Coast uh, in Massachusetts and New York. Um, really excited to have today's show. Uh, we're, we're kicking off something big. Uh, it's, it's April 2nd, and it's the beginning of Autism Awareness Month, and I'm just really excited about the, the guests and the activities and the events we have planned this month. Um, I wanted to take a little bit of a different theme, and, and I've been, been trying to read a lot of the articles that are out there. I've been trying to really stay up to date as to what all of you are saying, what our colleagues and our peers are saying, and, and I wanted to kind of take awareness and, and put a slightly different spin because I think that I want to tackle awareness from two points of views. I, I want to make you guys aware, but I want to make you aware of some key things, some important things that we don't always get to talk about on a daily basis, but I think are going to be really critical for the future and things that I think can help you today or tomorrow, but things that will also be really helpful a few years from now and really make sure that we're making ourselves more aware of these issues. But on top of that, making sure we're clear on who we need to make aware, who are the people that we need to get our message to? Who are the people who need to become more active in our community or more aware of our community that aren't with us already? Um, I think that's something that needs to be a message and a vision of ours moving forward, even beyond Autism Awareness Month. But now's the perfect time to kick it off when we're all really having these key and critical dialogues. Um, so our show for the next few weeks, for the next few months, are going to be really focused on that, really that new definition of awareness and getting those messages out there. We also have some fun planned. AST, Autism Inspection Therapies, has a few different events planned, a few different uh, promotions and uh, some contests out there. We really want to uh, pay homage to different people, parents, professionals, everyone out there who's making up our community who is just doing a great job and deserves to celebrate their successes, their, some of their failures even, because we learn so much from our failures and, and turn them into successes, um, and just celebrate the hard work and dedication that we put into every single day. And we're going to be announcing some different things over Facebook and over Twitter over the next few days, and I'm going to be sure to announce these things as well uh, on next week's show. So we have a few different things that uh, we'll be rolling out over the next few days that all of you guys can participate in, and we'll also have some prizes and um, some gifts to share with all of you guys. And each week as we get closer to each event and to each 
uh, rollout. We're going to announce the winners of these different prizes uh, every week on the show before we even announce them on Facebook and Twitter. So every week you'll be able to find out uh, if you've won and what different activities and events we've got going on. So I'm really excited about all these different new perks and, and tweaks and additions to the show because it just makes it that much more fun for me to host and, and to go back and forth with you guys. Um, so real quick thought of the day because I don't want to take too much more time before we get to our guests because we've got a great one today. Um, I actually just spent uh, last night hanging out with some friends of mine, and uh, we, we had our normal get-together, getting ready for our weekly softball game. And, um, you know, I've been playing ball with the same group of guys for about, ooh, probably about nine years off and on. Some guys have been there for six. Some guys have been there the full nine, some for two. And, um, you know, we generally focus on sports and movies and kind of guy stuff. And, um, you know, they're always curious about what's going on with, with my work and what I'm doing. And I realized that I had not told them too much about the show. And a couple of guys on the team uh, knew a lot about what was going on with the show, and a couple uh, really didn't. And I, all the guys who didn't know anything about the show all said, how can I be a part of this? And these are guys who have no connection to our community. They're not, they don't have uh, family or loved ones on the spectrum. Um, most of these guys... Uh, aren't even married yet. Uh, some of them are just starting some serious relationships. A lot of them are um, actually a little bit younger than me. And I was so impressed and touched by how excited they were for the show. And all of them said, is there a way I can be a part of it? Is there something that you need? Is there a way that I can help out? And it was a different side to my friends that I you know, probably didn't give them enough credit for for it or for having this, but they, it, it touched me of just how excited and how motivated they were by this and how exciting they thought this show was. So I just thought it was really cool the way what we talk about, what we're doing here is really has the potential to impact a whole lot of people and motivate a whole lot of people and make them aware and part of our community where they might not have been otherwise. It's just a really great reinforcing moment for me. Um, so this week's show, this week's show, we have a, a really, a really great perspective. And I think when we talk about awareness and raising uh, awareness in this way of making ourselves aware of, of some conversations and dialogue that isn't happening every day, I think our guests today really do that. Um, we're actually going to talk to uh, a young man on the spectrum who really has a lot to say because he's speaking about himself. He's speaking about his own experiences, and he really took the time not just to share the good but the bad too and has just a voice that I know I haven't heard very often that I'm just really excited to be able to share with all of you um, and really talk about all of the important and key topics that are, are critical to him because I know they're going to be critical to the kids out there that we're working with um, or your children. And even more so, we're going to get to talk a little bit with his mom and I know her perspective and 
watching his journey and being a part of his journey is going to be as great uh, and as informative and really get us asking questions and particularly to ourselves as well as to some professionals out there of what is the right way to go for my child. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back from this break, we're going to be joined by our two very special guests. We'll be right back. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. Um, I'm joined today by a really, really special guest with uh, just an amazing message that I'm, I'm excited to share with all of you guys. Um, today, um, I'm joined by Ido Kadar. Um, and Ido is a, just a really passionate uh, autism advocate who is on the spectrum himself. And rather than read his bio today, um, I, I wanted to actually let him speak for himself um, because uh, Ido actually communicates uh, through his iPad, uh, through a voice output function on his iPad, um, and he has a blog as well as uh, a book in which he's really voiced his experiences, um, what his life has been like, uh, his perceptions, his beliefs, his thoughts. And uh, on his blog, he writes, I'm an autistic guy with a message. I spent the first half of my life completely trapped in silence. The second, on becoming a free soul. I had to fight to get an education. Now I'm a regular education student. I communicate by typing on an iPad or a letterboard. My book, Edo in Autism Land, is now available on Amazon. It is an autism diary telling the story of my symptoms, education, and journey into communication. I hope to help other autistic people find a way out of their silence, too. Uh, so with that introduction, I'm joined today by Edo Kadar, who is also joined uh, by his mom, Tracy. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. It's my pleasure. It's a pleasure. <laughs> All right. The first question I have for you, Ido, is why did you write this book? I think initially it was pretty much an outlet because I had a lot of bottled up ideas and feelings because I had had so many years unable to communicate. I started writing my book when I was in the sixth grade. I was 12 and I worked on it for three years. It became more of a process of realizing I could educate others and to help other autistic people who cannot communicate yet. I think my purpose is to help people understand and work with severe autism better. Well, I, I, I think it's just amazing to have someone who can speak from their own experiences. And um, I, I think a lot of things we've talked about and a lot of people in the community have talked about is there's not as many voices who can say, this is what I go through. This is what I um, want, hope for, dream, or what have I experienced. And it's amazing that, that you're doing this and you're playing this role in the community. Um, you know, I was wondering, as part of this community, um, what you think is one of the or is the biggest misconception about autism 
um, that you've experienced from the professional community? The professional community. One big misconception is that not being able to speak is the same as not being able to think. Also, I think another misconception is that I and other people with severe nonverbal autism have the same condition that people with so-called mild autism, like Temple Grandin, have. It is the phrase autism spectrum disorder that can confuse people because it implies that we all have the same condition, different only by degree of severity. But my symptoms are not just more severe than Temple Grandin's, they are pretty much the opposite. I have no trouble understanding human behavior. In fact, I have lots of insight into people and how they act. This is pretty much the opposite of how Temple Grandin describes herself. She says she feels like an anthropologist on Mars, sometimes completely confused by social behavior. On the other hand, her body is obedient to her mind. She can drive, craft, write neatly and talk verbally. I can do none of these things because I have a severe motor issue. My body does not listen to my brain much of the time. So my question is whether the opposite and symptoms can really be on this spectrum. My opinion is that it is two or more neurological conditions that are called the same thing. The DSM is making it worse by eliminating the diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome. You know, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because uh, when I was reading your book, I had that a similar thought, and I thought of an article that I really haven't seen very much from. Um, it's an article I read maybe seven, eight years ago, and the the author was of the belief, uh, as you just said, is that they are distinct diagnoses, and and his belief was that it isn't, or we shouldn't say it is autism spectrum disorder. Um, he was thinking that it is the autisms. Uh, and his belief was that there were multiple multiple types of autism or, or very distinct um, diagnoses that were all separate, all individual, all unique, but were all, I guess, similar that we had lumped them up into the spectrum. And, and I haven't seen anything more become of that. Um, and maybe by looking at that, you're right. It's it gives us a better understanding of individuals, of individual needs, um, and my thought is maybe even it gives us a better understanding of causes. Um, but you talked a lot about communication and um, how important speaking is um, and, and the perception of speaking versus thinking, and I, I wanted you to share uh, how you learned to communicate. I could understand everything before I could communicate. I had drills in ABA that proved I understood nothing, or very little. How is this possible? My motor issues interfered because my hand would go to the wrong card though my mind knew the correct answer. The fact is that if I had not escaped this, I might still be stuck in remedial education because my old classmates are all still there. I know many of them are intelligent and understand too. I taught myself to read it too, believe it or not, because I knew I couldn't talk. I figured out that reading and writing might let me communicate, but I did not know how I could show what I knew. When I was little I needed help to hold my pencil. 
When I was seven, my mom helped me fill in my birthday party invitations. She felt my hand moving under hers, spelling words and realized I understood everything. Later I worked with Soma who taught me to use a letter board and to type without physical support. This enabled me to get into general education at school. But it is important to say that my mom worked with me every day on my communication. Wow, that's that's just amazing. It's it, it's incredible. I know you, you talked a lot about this in the book, um, but there was a lot of different reactions um, from the professionals, and I was curious um, if you could if you could share with everyone what those reactions were when you began to communicate. Doubt and closed minds, unfortunately. So how how did you convince them that? This was you, and this was real. They observed me, and I got better at the letter board or keyboard, but some people are hopelessly closed-minded. Maybe they still think refrigerator mothers cause autism, not neurology. I was hoping you could share with us or describe what life was like before you had communication. Barring, frustrating, trapped, misunderstood, hopeless, frightening. In other words, not being able to communicate is exactly what you would imagine. A mind that thinks and a body that cannot show it. You know, and one of the things just in reading the book, I think you do an amazing job of giving us some insight into, into your feelings and, and, and into the feelings around that, that the, the isolation and, and, as you said, not being able to show all these things that you have inside of you and... Uh, as, as a writer and, and as a, I guess, a reader reading your work, um, I really felt like I had a, a, a really great sense as to how you felt and, and, and was able to get some insight into, into how you felt. Um, well, I have, I have a few more questions for you, but I'd like to make sure we give you plenty of time. I don't want us to get cut off. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, and then when we come back from our break, we'll hear more with our incredible guest, Tito uh, Qatar. We'll be right back after this. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, 
and I am joined today by uh, a really inspirational young author, uh, Ido Kadar, and his mom, Tracy. Um, right before the break, we were, uh, we were chatting with Ido, um, learning more about his story, and uh, really focusing in on communication, which um, I think he does an amazing job of expressing and really educating the, the world of just how important communication skills are and, and how much more we need to work on them um, with all of our kids. Um, and one of the things that I really took away from, from the book and that I found really fascinating was, um, you know, that, that you taught yourself to read and that reading seemed to become a, a really critical part and um, a critical part of the development of communication. And I was wondering um, if you thought that it was critical um, for an individual to be able to read as a prerequisite to teaching communication um, or if uh, this maybe isn't a necessary uh, prerequisite um, to teach an individual on the spectrum um, who is nonverbal how to communicate. You know, it's impossible to type if you cannot read. But I think the best way to teach reading is the normal way and not by barring repetition. People need interesting books, too. It is not motivating to still be watching ABC tapes in fourth or fifth grade. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, that was one of the things that I really uh, thought about myself of if I was you sitting listening to the ABC song every single day, and if that's what I had to listen to, uh, how unhappy I would be and just how important those those motivations are and, and engagement would be from the academics. And, you know, I know me as a student, um, when I was engaged in the subject, engaged in the work, what a better learner I was. You know, with, with regards to that communication, you know, you, you talk a lot about um, typing and letter boards. And I know one of the questions you posed was, uh, how great it would be for your classmates, some of whom were nonverbal, if they could express themselves uh, using a letter board or be taught to type. And I was hoping to get your thoughts on other types of communication methods, uh, such as PECs um, or uh, picture exchange systems or, um, or, or pointing to sight words. In my case, I had no interest in PECs because it is two basic needs, not idea communication. I could convey my basic desires for food okay, but I really longed to show that I had an intact mind. I think PECs and other basic needs communication systems might have satisfied my elementary school teacher because she thought I was limited in my receptive skills, but I needed much more than basic communication. It is like this. Try limiting all your communication to PECs or sight words for a day. But tie up your hands so you have to point with your foot, which is in a leg cast. Pretty limiting, isn't it? The sad thing is, your poor response leads others to the conclusion that you do not understand, rather than that you have impaired mobility. If people have impaired mobility but an intact mind, like I do, they will want more access to real communication. If the issue is language processing, PEX is okay, I think, but it can be hard to determine. Like me, 
All my friends who have autism who now type were once thought to have impaired receptive language processing. Thank you for that. I mean, I, I, you gave me a lot to think about there, and um, you know, I think your point of view on on this topic is is just really fascinating and, and something that I was just so so curious about. Um, you know, one final question for you, Ido, is um, how would you recommend helping other people with autism? Talk to them normally, please. Expose kids to interesting grade-level books. Focus on communication by typing, not just on copying letters. Physical fitness and exercise are also very important. Ido, thank you so much. I, I, I think that is just incredible advice, and uh, I, I really enjoyed reading your story. And um, I think that anyone who has a loved one um, on the spectrum, anyone who is working with people on the spectrum or, or people who just want to know more, um, I think your book is probably one of the very first reads I would recommend um, because your perspective is just, I, I know it's really got me thinking a lot ever since I've read the book a, a few days ago. And, um, and I just really want to thank you for, for having the courage to speak up because uh, I don't know if I, 15, I'm, I'm writing a diary and, and sharing it with the world. So uh, thank you so much. And, and thanks for, uh, for having all the, the time to give us these great answers. Um, it's my pleasure. Ah, fabulous. Um, you know, we, we have a little bit more time in the show. And, and Tracy, I was hoping um, that we could talk a little bit with you because um, I know in Edo's book, um, you, you write the beginning and you write the introduction. And I think a lot of what you say is really just helpful for, for parents out there. Sure. I'd be glad um, to answer. I, so I, I guess I was just hoping you could kind of share with us kind of what it was like when when you were writing with Ido and he started to um, and he started to write underneath your hand and and start to spell out the names of all of his of his classmates and friends. Yeah, it was a, an amazing experience because bearing in mind that at that time we were told that he didn't understand anything and had a really small vocabulary and um, so. I think that it's important to mention that I, I had a lot of hunches, and I think that a lot of kids do give their parents glimpses that they understand. Just the problem is that the glimpses aren't sustained and that there's a lot more compelling data coming through their drills or through other behavior that shows that they don't understand. So you're constantly seeing things that make you think that the child has a lot more going on, but you're being advised constantly that you're not seeing what you see. Um, so the experience of supporting his hand and then feeling it moving under my hand was just remarkable because that's when I knew for certain that what I had, the glimpses were actually really true. Um, and uh, it was a pretty overwhelming moment because you feel very uh, overjoyed and also very remorseful because yeah. of what you've denied your child for all that time, and also the relationship that you could have had on a much more sophisticated level. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it was, you know, Ido did a great job of, of kind of writing what you said. And I know you wrote what you said, and it was just really touching to, to kind of be a reader, to experience that moment um, or to hear it from the two of you. Um, you know, I know that both of you wrote about then going to the people who worked with Ido for so long and saying, hey, this is what's going on. We're so excited. Um, was there, I, I know you, you really changed the, the therapy model and, and the, the, the folks that you were working with um, after all of this communication became evident to, to you um, and, and to your husband as well. Um, but I was wondering, was there a point where, where you doubted, um, doubted that decision um, because I, I had to assume it must have been pretty intimidating to sit in a room full of people who are all going against everything that is that you're presenting to them. You know, once the genie is out of the bottle, you're not going to push it back in. Once you know yeah. that the child can communicate and thinks and understand, then you're not going to go back to a remedial program that's teaching him uh, words on flashcards because yeah. he doesn't need that anymore. He needs a real education. I mean, we had to sidestep because we hired a private tutor who gave mm -hmm. him academic lessons at home, and I was reading with him, you know, books like Johnny and Tremaine and the Little House series, and, you know, he's getting and learning things but not through the program. The program didn't last much longer because, yeah, they were very hostile. And mm -hmm. um, But more, I mean, they're – their assumption is that it's an impossibility and either the parent is in denial, crazy, you know, uh, yeah. something like that, which is, you know, and you realize, I think that at some point you realize that some people cannot be changed. They're too locked in a certain doctrine. And mm -hmm. you just have to uh, to find people who... Who have a bit, as Ida said, that aren't close-minded, that that are willing to, and they're, you know, they they are there, right? You yeah. know, it's just that not everybody, not everybody is. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we we have another commercial that we need to take, um, but I have a couple more questions in our final segment for you, um, and, and some things that I know will be, uh, I think, some great resources and guidance for our families out there because I think some of the things that, um, some of the therapies you put in place for Edo are going to be, are great for so many kids. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that uh, when we get back from this commercial. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520.
This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. Um, I am joined today by two really inspirational guests. And uh, we heard earlier in the show from Ito and a little bit about his perspective, experience, and thoughts. And and now we're talking to his mom, Tracy. Um, You know, and Tracy, one of the last things that Ito shared that I really loved was the advice about um, getting personal trainers and uh, physical activity for people and for individuals on the spectrum. And that's something I've actually found a lot more parents and a lot more uh, individuals talking about, but I've, um, I know that there's been some parents have expressed me difficulties uh, finding an appropriate fit uh, of uh, the trainer for the child. And I was just curious um, if, if you had some advice or some, some words of wisdom of what a parent should be looking for in either uh, finding a trainer or getting started in this, um, because I don't know if there's as much knowledge out there yet. Um, well, I think that you have to find somebody who's comfortable with somebody with autism and who knows fitness. And they have to be able to look at um, – it's a very different orientation than adaptive PE because they're not trying to teach your child to throw a basket or, or mm-hmm. something like that. They're really working on um, fitness, you know, I, I a lot of kids with autism, parents are told your child has, say, for example, low muscle tone. Well, right. You know, if you, how do you make muscle tone not low? Is by using muscles, right? Mm-hmm. So that you've got to, but a lot, adaptive PE doesn't really focus on the building of these skills or the coordination or the stretching or the cardio. So we've certainly worked with a number of people. Um, uh, I can... Am I allowed to mention who Ito is working with currently? It is, uh, it is totally up to you. We, we, <laughs> we talk to the nation, so some folks <laughs> won't be able to access them, but, um, but maybe it's a – but if you want to share their names, please go ahead. All right. Well, we now have a wonderful coach. His name is Mike Ramirez, and he's actually starting a, a business called Special Fit to work with uh, kids with autism on fitness. That's great. Um, yeah, so he's been wonderful, and uh, it's been tremendously helpful in terms of stretching, the, the things that Ido's needed to work on, stretching, um, and uh, uh, just general fitness in terms of squats and weights and all kinds of things like that. And another um, wonderful um, thing that we've been working on with Ido, I think it's been about three years of piano, um, and we also mm. have a wonderful piano teacher named Carol Arias, who is uh, also very attuned to Ido. She's always she got him from the beginning. She had no background in autism, but she got it right away. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I I think it's really cool that these are people who didn't have autism experience right away, but had an open mind. They, they knew their craft well, and it sounds like just had a really open mind to building the right type of training model for Edo. Yes. Well, 
Mike did have background with oh, okay. autism. He was able to combine his two hats, you know, but, um, but Carol did not. And, and actually that's often, you know, I think that often that is beneficial because, you know, every time somebody meets Ito, you have to say you've got to look at him different, talk to him normally, mm-hmm. you know, treat him just like you would any other kid with high expectations, but they still have to deal with the, the challenges that he poses mm-hmm. or his behaviors. Yeah. I was reading his book, and it got me really thinking about um, – it, it's so funny. Last week on the show, we talked about um, social skills, and, and we were talking a little bit about sports. And I was making the point about, you know, how, how me at 15, sports was such a big part of my social arena, and that, you know, there's not always a lot of opportunities um, for kids on the spectrum to participate in sports – um, but I think Edo makes a great point. You make this great point of, you know, what are the prerequisites or how do we get kids ready for sports? And if you're Edo with low muscle tone, adaptive PE may not be that right first step because mm-hmm. he has to build up other muscles first to be ready for that, assuming he's interested in sports. Yeah. I don't want to make the assumption that every kid is, is interested in sports because that just happened to be my interest. Um, and I do know a, a number of individuals in the spectrum who are interested in sports, but I know they never got this type of training. And I wonder, you know, is that it? It almost gets me wondering about amending some of my own thoughts about, you know, hey, do we need to create these other opportunities to make these secondary opportunities more attainable? It's, it's I think, a really, a really great point that, that he makes and, and, and that you're talking about. Um, yeah. Same thing with piano. Yeah. Yes, especially if you have a mind-body disconnect, you've got to, you know, improve those connections. Mm-hmm. And as far as, I mean, you know, we, our whole family is very active. And, you know, there's a lot of physical activity that Ido could do mm-hmm. without it being ball-related. You right. know, he can hike and jog and swim and ride a bike and mm-hmm. go on scooters and, uh, you know, do use weights or squats or all, all kinds of things mm-hmm. that, that are much less frustrating for him, you know, mm-hmm. than trying to track a ball, chase it, throw it with timing and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one, one last question for you before, before we end. I, I just, you know, I, I got the impression through reading the book that you guys have had a lot of opportunity to to meet families, to meet kids, to meet other parents out there. And I was wondering um, if there are any just, you know, common words of wisdom or guidance you have to a parent out there um, who is looking for those next steps for their child, whether it be um, opening up the doors of communication um, or really looking to see of of where they should be moving their program. If, if, If you have some advice that you usually give to families out there? I, I would say focus more on your child than on the diagnosis. Try to establish communication and, uh, and try to do normal activities. Even though they have autism, they need rules and structure just like any other child. And, um, and, if you see glimpses 
that give you the idea that your kid, that more is there than you may have been told by some of the specialists, then those glimpses are things that you need to pursue. Look for intelligence. I think that's, that's fabulous advice for everyone out there. Um, thank you so much for, for being on the show, um, sharing your story. Um, and, and like I said, I know that there, there's a lot of people out there who are really going to benefit from, from hearing this and, and hearing from Ido. Um, so thank you so much for, for sharing with all of us. You're very welcome. Thank you. A um, couple minutes left in the show. You know, it's hard to find words after all of this. Um, and and I, I even felt that way after after reading Ido's book um, because, I don't know, something about this just feels real. Um, you know, there, there's there's aspects to the book that really got me uh, revved up. I got I, I found myself getting uh, emotional. Uh, you know, as a, as a professional, I read it and thought, well, that doesn't speak for me. I'm not like that. Um, and then there's parts of do I question would I have done that, or or would I have seen that as clearly as as Tracy did, or would I have been different um, and and more like some of the professionals? Um, and then you get inspired reading the progress, and uh, it's it's amazing to to read the words of a teenager and how just thoughtful they are and and how much insight he has and that got me inspired about what I want to do next and where I want to move um, and to me that's just that's life that's real it's these real emotions these real feelings and I I think the takeaway I took and why I think all of you guys out there should really should look into this book, should read it, should at the very least follow Ido's blog, is the thing he stresses is him. And there was there were some, some points in time where people didn't want to change what they were doing regardless of, of his strengths and didn't want to accept who he was. And I, I think the message so much is communication and looking at the person as the person. And I think that's the thing I took from this book even more is um, looking beyond the label. And I know a lot of people out there have been talking about it. Uh, you guys are listeners, our guests on the show. Um, but really looking at the person as a person and, and, and treating them as such and, uh, you know, as much as I have these thoughts swirling in um, in my mind, and that I, I want to express, you know, I think I think Ido does a, a, an even better job, and uh, I think you guys should all really take a look at this. Um, but one thing I thought that was really just something I wanted to end on that I highlighted right away is something Tracy actually wrote. But it's Tracy writing something that Ido said, um, and in the book, uh, this, this quick quote is, as Ido pointed out to me, imagine Stephen Hawking's life without his computer. Would the most brilliant physicist of our time be dismissed as a non-thinking person without this pathway to present his soaring thoughts? And I think that sums up uh, quite a bit of just how important all of what Ido was talking about is and, and how much 
uh, we should be taking this to heart and applying it to what each one of us do for the for the individuals on the spectrum that we love and that we uh, are looking out for and trying to to help. Um, so, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, really excited about the month ahead um, and the great dialogues and conversations um, that we're going to be having. Um, and I want to definitely take more time to think about all these these amazing thoughts from today. So please, if you have questions, comments, thoughts,